0: Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 134, recorded May the 12th, 2018. I'm your host, Jack. And once again, I'll be guiding you into, through, and back out of the worlds of systems administration, network administrations, and all fields of IT. Please check out my website, and I hope you do, at tipsfromtheserverroom.com, where you can comment on these shows if you have any questions or ideas for future shows, please email me, and you can simply email me at jack at tipsfromtheserverroom.com or corner at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, is at technoman. Please check out the video for this show, and if you do, please subscribe to the channel. They can be found at 42 technoman that's the number 4, the number 2. Techno Man, or you can search for jack's tech corner a lot of easy ways to find me uh, you can also find me this is also uh, kind of picked up or syndicated um, across uh, many different networks and uh, definitely on itunes and uh, tune in radio so you can also go to your alexa and say alexa play podcast tips from the server room And there you have it. You will have the podcast uh, there, and you'll be able to listen to it through Alexa. Folks, it's been a very, very busy week, a very daunting week, and a very challenging week for me, uh, to say the very least. Um, We're looking at work. We don't know uh, if our... uh, um, I'm going to bring it up here now today anyway. If our contracts are going to be extended, uh, I don't know if I'll be laid off at the end of June. So I am looking... uh, for you folks uh, for anybody out there that needs any assistance uh, remote assistance if you need me to fly out to wherever you may be in the United States of course uh, I kind of want to stay to the states Uh, let me know we can work out some kind of pricing structure I can definitely fly out there and help you out with any servers or networking uh, issues you may have Or really anything else uh, that, you know, you may have a contract job. Maybe you have a programming uh, job that you have out there that you may want to be satisfied. By all means, get in touch with me for that. Or I can also train your office staff. Uh, I can do trainings in Microsoft Office uh, and many other applications out there uh, that I can train. And most of those are remote training. So it works out very, very well. Uh, So I am looking for your help in this. Um, So at this point, I would have to ask Please don't forget my Patreon page. Uh, it's Patreon.com/slash/JacksTech or er, slash Tips from the Server Room. Uh, you know, you might want to check that out. I will have a link with that in the show notes. Uh, so if you want to uh, subscribe to this show, uh, maybe help a guy out. That wouldn't be a bad thing right now uh, because I'm so far on the fence. I don't know what's going to happen, and I do want to throw that out there for you. Um, And, you know, if you're in the Carolinas areas, uh, the South Carolina area in specific, uh, we've been looking at uh, Port Mill, South Carolina, at uh, different job opportunities. So that may be something. Or in the Pittsburgh region, hopefully not in the city. I'm trying to stay out of the city of Pittsburgh because if you've ever driven that, you will know that's absolutely a horrible drive. Uh, It's to play the worst thing you want to do every day of the week, uh, especially you know, at my age, but so, yeah, so I'm throwing it out there to you. If you need any help, by all means, please let me know. Uh, we can work out some kind of a uh, relatively decent pricing on that for remote services. So, folks, today uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about cleaning up AD, and uh, is there an easy way to clean up and remove computers that are no longer used in Active Directory? Well, folks, this could be a painstaking, always time-consuming chore. You know, you go into AD, your Active Directory, and you begin removing computers one by one. I found that this takes the most time, especially when you're removing hundreds of computers at a time. And why does this happen? Well, in a school district like I work for, I work for a lot of different school districts, we have many, many, many different uh, computers and, um, you know, they have an end of life, right? Just like I'm sure even in your business, there's end of life computers that uh, just are no longer there. And what happens is those computers get stuck into Active Directory. And, um, you know, so you're trying to use your SCCM. You're trying to push out uh, software packages. And there's computers no longer there that, that you're trying to deal with that you shouldn't have to deal with. And, and to me, that's a huge drawback. Now, I was at a conference recently, and I brought this issue up to other techies out there and I said, "Look, this is a problem we've been having, and uh the one <laughs> the one gentleman I was working with um, I happen to be a moderator of a round table uh called Best Practices of Microsoft." I was kind of skeptical going in I was kind of nervous and kind of scared. And that morning before I was uh, going into this class to sit down to uh, be a moderator of the roundtable, I pulled up the, the shared document. They did a shared Google Doc. I pulled that document up, and I started looking at them thinking all they did was they took what people wanted to know about Microsoft from their registrations, and they gave those to us. And I thought, man, there's no order to this whatsoever. And I thought I needed to clean this up a little bit. I was so glad that I woke up at 4.30 in the morning in a hotel room because I'm sitting at the you know little table. They don't really have a desk in this particular hotel room, but I was sitting at this little table and um, remember now the conference that I was at was called Brainstorm and there's two I found out. There's Brainstorm Wisconsin and that's once a year. You might want to look that up and there's Brainstorm Sandusky. That's where I was at and that's where I was teaching uh, this, uh, I guess it was the past weekend. And it was very extremely nice. Uh, It was a a really well-laid-out conference, and I would really suggest you go, even if you're not in a school district, because the topics that are discussed are all around technology, and there's every bit of technology there that you can think of. So even if you're that person out there that is working in the field uh, in a small office building, or you're working in a field somewhere, um, you know, I often say this show is partly uh, for the accidental techie out there. This conference will give it to you. Uh, It's a very great conference, and it's for techies by techies, and it's called Brainstorm. Very much recommend you hitting it next year. Uh, It's through this year. I believe it's over already this year. Uh, Pretty sure. I'm not sure when the Wisconsin one is, but the Sandusky one obviously is over. So we were talking to this gentleman, and he said, you know, there is a GPO. There's a group policy object that you can go through, and you can find it. And it will state in there, if a computer has not been logged into for X amount of days, that computer can be removed from Active Directory. So I am going to be looking that up on our network here and finding that and putting that in, because I think that would definitely clear up this whole problem of these… these, these rogue computers out there and this stuff sitting out there all this time on your Active Directory. You know, I don't – I kind of believe it's a security problem, you know, because it is there. But if nothing else, it's, it's a management problem because you're trying to – say you want to – even if you want to push an application through GPO and you select a bunch of computers and you say, I'm going to push these – this application to these computers. Well, if <laughs> – if it's like our network uh, that i'm currently working with and i've only been there for uh 2 years this was a short term contract deal but um if you're pushing this stuff out you know you're pushing it to serial numbers you're pushing it to uh names that aren't really named properly and that's another thing i always tell my partners with name the computers properly uh if you're in a school district you know maybe it'll be student 1 student 2 i don't know something that you know that that computer is on your network and that is actually functioning uh, it's always a good idea when you add a computer to your active directory that you put the year that you purchased it and I've just found this over time because when you go back and you say look we have a you know three- year rotation uh, maybe a five-year rotation you can actually go in there and pull those computers based on the year you can say, We just got rid of everything from 2014, 2015, what have you. You can go in there and you can just simply remove those computers, uh, just group them and and get them out of there and clean up your AD. Excuse me. It's a very, very important uh, part of your job is to keep that AD clean. Now, we have been using a, excuse me, We have been using a PowerShell script to remove the computers based on how long they've been inactive. Uh, You just open the PS script in the PS editor. If you've never used a PowerShell editor on a Windows 10 computer, I suggest you open it up and look at that. Uh, The easiest way to learn scripting is probably the way, you know, the easiest way there is to learn programming is by looking at other people's programs, other people's scripts, and dig down in there and find out, you know, what they're doing, And then you will learn how to write your very own scripts. But you set this for the total number of days you want it to remove. Uh, Usually I use 60 days. I feel really safe at 60 days. And then I have a look at my, uh, my Active Directory after I remove those computers from 60 days. And then what I'll do is I may go back in and redefine that a little bit. I may make it 45 days. And then I may redefine it again and make it 30 days. But I like to remove those computers based on a set amount of days. you got to be careful when you're working with a school because, remember, we're closed down for roughly two and a half months in the summer. And if we go in there at the beginning of school year and we say remove all the computers based on 60 days, it pretty much removes all the student laptops because they're not there to log into those machines <laughs> And you're going to have a problem. So if you're in a school, remember to be able to go in there. I would do this after school begins. We usually do it right around the Christmas break area. So you're looking at December. By then you have a really good idea of what computers are being used and what are not being used. At that point, I would set my script to 30 days and just blast those old computers out of there and and get rid of that stuff. Now, since we are on the subject of scripting and PowerShell, let's talk a little bit about automation. Now, automation, there are hundreds of tasks, maybe even thousands of tasks that we technologists uh, do either every day or yearly. This is where the power of of shell scripting, the PowerShell scripting, uh, really comes in handy to get those tasks done quickly. And, you know, it's a repetitive task. So is it a repetitive task that you have to, you know, really do from ground up every single year? Now, we do keep yearly notes. Uh, I do suggest that for any company out there. Even when I worked at a small for-profit company, I created a yearly note that said, like, every June I had to do this, this, and this. Uh, You know, like uh, every month you have to check your servers and make sure you're up to date on your security patches. Just to always have that check. Even for my switches, I do that just to check every uh, so often, like once a month, once every two months, for any new ISOs that come out for my switches. And we had that discussion at the conference also, and I thought that was a really good discussion. I am the kind of guy that when the new ISO comes out, I kind of like to upgrade all my switches to that new ISO. Now, gentlemen in the audience, because I taught a networking class, I actually taught Layer 2, Layer 3 networking. And in that class, he goes. Now wait, 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 Jack. He said, uh, "I don't think I would go with the latest, greatest, you know, ISO every single time." When a new, what he does, his policies are: when an ISO comes out, what he likes to do is to go back to the ISO before that. So he's always one ISO or, or you know, ISO basically below the current ISO because he knows that if there's any problems with it, it was patched, it was fixed up, and it's good to go. That is probably a really good policy. I mean, absolutely that's a good policy, something that you should think about. And like I said, I've been tending to upgrade mine. As soon as one comes out, man, I blast it through my network and pull out all my switches. So it's probably something I really have to think about. But I found a link uh, that I'm going to put in the show notes uh, for this particular show. Uh, about uh, starting writing PS scripts or or PowerShell scripting. And, you know, years ago, even now, I still use some basic batch scripting, uh, you know, the .BATs, and they still work. And I still use a lot of the ones I've written in the past. I've written a lot of Visual Basic uh, programs that help me to automate everything in my network and uh, stuff like importing users and all that kind of stuff. And what I do with those is I import, I set it up to import, it builds a batch file and I run it on my server to import all those people in AD. And it still works. But, you know, you got to get with the times. I'm trying to learn more and more PowerShell scripting, and this will definitely, definitely help. I am planning on, if you go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, there's a link on the top that says scripts. Uh, some of those scripts are stuff that I found uh, from different websites that we use. And this particular script I am planning on putting in there. So hopefully I'll have it in there. If you don't see it, uh, definitely email me at jackstechcorner at gmail.com. And let me know that you want it. And I can definitely uh, send it to you um, and let you have that script. And that's the one that will remove the computers based on set amount of days. Very simple to use. Now, as I said here, another way to automate your workflow uh, is by learning some basic programming. And I talk to so many techs out there, and they are just so far removed or scared of programming or just shut a dead ear dead ear to programming. Now, I use video, Visual Studio, and I program, as I said, in Visual Basic to create little programs that allow me to do things like I already talked about was importing users. I've also written programs that allow me to create a large amount of user folders with the shared names and the permissions on the server. You can get a free copy of Visual Studio Express Community Edition. Just search for that on the internet, and I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, It's the Visual Studio Express Community Edition. Now, even if you've never programmed before, it's not hard to learn just by simply watching some YouTube videos. And, you know, YouTube is one of those great teachers out there that not a lot of people use. And you folks know that I do teach at jtclearning.com. There's a Windows Server 2012 R2 course up there right now. And I'm working on a Windows Server 2016 course uh, to also go up there. There's a lot of students in that course. And granted, a lot of people will email me and say, well, Jack, look, I could just go to YouTube and learn the same thing. You can absolutely go to YouTube. You can learn a lot of the same things that I teach in that course. The only thing nice about my courses are that it starts from installation to administration and everything in between, you know, from setting the server up, from first installing it to, uh, you know, it installs basically as a workstation, right? We have to turn it into an active directory. We have to promote it to an active directory controller. We have to make sure DNS is on, DHCP is running, uh, if you're running it on the same server. And that's where the courses come in really, really handy. Uh, and then somebody emailed me one time and said, Jack, your courses are too cheap. They must be garbage. You can't sell that course for $250. I'm like, it's my way of paying it forward to you guys out there that want to learn this stuff. And I've taken a lot of courses and I've paid, you know, 1000 2000 2500 for courses. This is my way to pay it forward once again to you folks to, uh, you know, uh, allow you to learn at a lower cost I don't think everything should be a very high cost and believe me if you want to pay more I can raise it to more I can raise it to $2,500 if you think that's going to make it a better course by all means let me know and I will definitely do that for you (laughs) but uh, anyway uh, and of course you know let's not forget Google and Google when we search for AD automation or networking automation you will find countless tools that you help you through the daily grind of your server and networking administration. Some free, and some are paid. Now, we've purchased applications that save us a huge amount of time. And remember the basic understanding of TCO, the total cost of ownership. That's one thing that we look at a lot uh, for budgeting purposes, and we also look at it a lot for our daily uh, work. If I can find an application or something that's going to allow me to be able to automate something on my network, or if I can find a program that's going to help me automate a task on my servers, you know, by all means, that's going to help. Just like I said about the little program that I wrote that imports all of our users, if we had to do that by hand, every year we have a class, and we have a small school district, so every year we have a class of 90, let's say 80 to 90 students. If you had to put those in AD one at a time, be careful with misspelling, be careful with, uh, you know, uh, getting their first name, last name right, and uh, be careful with setting that that temporary password um, because, you know, you can go back and when the students arrive in our schools in August, they go log in and they can't. And next thing you know, you're fighting with AD, you're sitting there at the laptop going, okay, uh, Johnny Jr., I will get you set up and get you operational. But enabled to use the Visual Basic program that I wrote, it is very simple for me to pull those kids out of what we call the SIS or the Student Information System. You may have something with your HR department. I'm sure your HR department has something in there that uh, maintains all of the employees in your, in your business. We are able to pull those out. We know the spelling is all correct and everything. Run that through my program. Run the batch file and import all those students and we don't have to worry about typos. So yes, it's automated. So yes, if you can buy something, even if you buy something that's, you know, I've we have $50 tools that we use and we have um, $500 tools that we use. Do I pay $5,000 for tools? I have not paid really anything like that for them, you know, so it's based on your company size. It's based on your Total, co- total cost of ownership It's based on your manpower. Um, in schools, we generally run most schools with two or three people uh, to manage everything. You know, you're talking, wow, you're talking 25, uh, No, yeah, about 2,500 nodes running. Uh, you're talking all the switches. You're talking all the servers. And you usually have two people running all that. So we have to learn automation. It's huge for us. And maybe you, you know, maybe you work for um like we have a bank here in Pittsburgh, PNC Bank, and I understand PNC Bank has a whole entire floor of technologists. So maybe they do have one guy that's just changing passwords on Active Directory. It'd be a little bit of a boring job, but I'm sure they do. And that's what they pay him to do. So does he need to automate? He probably doesn't want to automate because he would like to maintain a job. So that's just something to think about. So But, yeah, automation is really good. Total cost of ownership is really, really important. Now, it's not just about getting something done quicker. It's also about saving the man hours and having the crews to do the same task. So I often bring this up to people like CEOs, uh, superintendents about, you know, buying a piece of software. I said, look, we can do it by hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you're paying somebody, um, you know, if you're paying somebody twenty five or seventy five dollars an hour, or one hundred fifty dollars an hour, and you're going to use that person for eight hours for a project, wouldn't it be better time spent to have that project, that eight hour project, shrunk into one hour? That's where we start seeing our TCO or total cost of ownership, is to be able to shrink that down now if you do consulting work like i do uh, like i've offered up to all everybody out there listening to this podcast and, and don't ever ever be afraid to call in another set of eyes so many people get to the point where they're so i don't know they're so i don't know scared about their job uh, they may have insecurities just because uh, you would call in a consultant you would you would call say you would call me in and you say um uh, Jack, how about look at our firewall? You know, we're gonna go through the firewall, make sure the the the, the config file is uh, up to date, and make sure you know it makes sense. And I'm reading that config file, so you're paying for that. You're not gonna lose your job because you call in somebody to have another set of eyes. It's just not gonna happen. So that's just something you want to be able to have out there, and you want to have that opportunity. I've used consultants many times to come in or to help me with something um, because we can't, again, be experts at everything. I know you're, you're supposed to be. People will say, oh, Joe, we hired you to be the technology director of uh, XYZ Company. Joe, you should be able to do, you know, you should be able to put new wire on the toaster. You should be able to run all the networking cables. You should know everything there is to know about firewalls, switches, Windows 10, Windows Server 2016, Linux, Unix, Mac, iPads, sometimes you can't. You just can't be an expert at everything. Uh, You know, and that whole thing that we used to talk about, um, jack of all trades, master of none, that is basically bullshit, okay? I'm just laying it out there for you, just straight up. It's BS. Because you don't want to be, uh, you know, a master of none. Folks, I want to be a master of 50% of those. And the reason I want to be a master of 50% of those is because that's what makes you marketable as a technologist. You have to go in and say, look, I am an expert, or not ex- and I don't like the word expert. That, that blows my mind too. But I am extremely knowledgeable on exchange and uh, cloud backup or Azure. You know, those are your marketable selling points. Yes, if you know things about other things, that's cool, right? We can probably even market that, right? Uh, Knowing things of other things like, uh, you know, Internet of Things. But, uh, you know, I don't mean to go on a rant there, but be very, very careful. You're not an expert of everything. Don't play to be. Don't pretend to be. And if you're a technologist and a network person, don't ever give your client or give your boss a line of BS and throw a bunch of technical jargon in there. Because I know it makes you feel good, right? It makes you think that he thinks, oh, that guy's really smart. He's so smart. He knows all them technology names and all them acronyms. No. You you look, start to look like a fool. And everybody says, you know, you are a fool. So don't ever do that. Go in and tell them. You know, when I talk about bandwidth, I've always talked about water hoses. People understand the size of a garden hose and they understand the size of a fire hose, right? They understand that stuff. So why not tell them based on that? Or make it in the, you know, when I talk about um how much how much uh data or how much uh packets, you know, something like that uh, I'm putting through a, a certain wire, right? If I'm asking for fiber and I and I have copper, I don't tell them, you know, the fiber holds more packets, more data transfer than, you know, because they don't know what that means. But if you tell them, look, if you're going into Pittsburgh and you're going through the Fort Pitt tunnels and there's two lines of traffic, would it not work better if there was eight lines of traffic? Wouldn't you get more cars through there? They're like, yep, absolutely. I understand that. They pay for the fiber. You have to, and I'm not even saying dumb it down. You have to put it, my wife always says it's in plain English. Folks. I write for a website uh, called jackstechcorner.com uh, and I told you that used to be a newspaper article at one time. And when I write or when I wrote for the paper, it would take me, you know, 30 or 40 minutes to write a column. It would take my wife almost 3 hours to edit it, and it's not because I'm a bad speller or I'm bad at, uh, you know, uh, writing. It was just that she was trying to make it so people would understand because I was putting too much technical BS in there, and I can't do that. So it's just something to think about. And I do still write for jackstechcorner.com. Now, uh, you'll see some occasional articles in there that I write. Uh, recently, I think I told you guys and girls out there that I did a full uh, week of using a Chromebook as a technologist, and I put in there every day uh, You know what I found and, and what I came up with. And just to see if you can use it on a daily basis. We're giving it to these kids out there, you know, our students. And we're telling them it's the latest, greatest thing in technology. You have a Chromebook. And they're like, I don't want a Chromebook. I can't load Tank Commander. So I wanted to find out, can you actually use a Chromebook day-to-day? Because why do we give the kids a Chromebook and then we buy ourselves a Mac? I don't know. Or we we have Windows 10 laptops? I don't know. Uh, You know, there's really... Honestly, now that you can load Android apps on the Chromebooks, you know, make sure you're getting the Chromebook that can do that. I understand there's some that can't, and I don't know the models. But, you know, it's basically just, I don't know, it's just a a null point anymore. Uh, The one thing I can tell you about Chromebooks, and I said this at the conference to many people, we have to get out. If you're in a school, listen to this, okay? Listen to this and pay close attention to what I'm telling you. We have to get out of this stereotypical bull crap that we're in right now. Now, there's a tablet computer. If I say tablet, what do you think of? Do you think of iPad? Do you think of Android? I don't know. It's based on what you are using. Right? We don't say it's it's an Android tablet. It's a, it's a Linux tablet. It's a, you know, uh it's an iPad. Now, people do refer to most things as iPads. Believe it or not, you can give somebody an Android tablet, and they'll be like, I got an iPad. They don't really know. It's just they don't know. Um, That's just simple facts. But what I'm telling you is get out of this stuff. Calling a Chromebook a Chromebook, it makes me want to throw up all over the place. And the reason I say that is there's a keyboard, there's a screen, there's a touchpad. People, it's a laptop. (laughs) There's There's a screen, there's a keyboard, and there's a trackpad. It's a laptop, all right? So just remember that. If you work in schools, just say, "Look, we're replacing those laptops with these laptops." Leave it go at that. As soon as you say Chromebooks, like, "I don't want that junk in my school," just it, it just doesn't matter. We never ever and I've never ever 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 had a Linux laptop. I've never taken a Linux laptop and handed somebody say, "This is a Linux laptop." I just said, "It's a laptop. It's just it's a laptop." You know? I don't t- I don't call it a Dell Lenovo, uh, HP, Acer, uh, Asus. I don't tell you it's an Asus laptop, Acer laptop. I don't tell you the name. It's a laptop. Just call it a laptop and let it go. Uh, is there some limitations? There, it's getting to be very far and few in between, uh, especially now that they allow you to load Android apps. And now that you can, load, you know, you can use Office 365 on anything, absolutely anything. Well, folks, I think I've worn out my welcome here. I think I've talked about as long as I can talk today, and I hope I've given you some great information on scripting. Please remember to help me out there. I am, and I haven't been doing it lately, but I am going to post my Patreon link. Uh, If you can uh, sign up for that, you know, a few bucks here, there will definitely help me out, Uh, will get me through this spell. You know, if I do become, uh, let's say, uh, departed from a job, I will definitely be able to uh, you know have some uh, some cash flow somewhere uh, so maybe you can help me out or by all means call me for any consulting work. I would greatly I'll get back in touch with you right away and we can definitely talk. Also folks remember my Amazon link that definitely will help out also. you know if you're buying anything from Amazon anyway, you might as well use my Amazon link. a few dollars will come back to the show and it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And, uh, you know, especially this time of my life, this weird influxuation. Um, So if you go to tipsintheservroom.com, deactivate your ad blockers, and then go in there and you will definitely see the Amazon link. Click on that. I usually add this stuff to my shopping cart. Go back, click on my link, go back out, and then very simply uh, click on that link and make your purchase. So, folks, thank you very much for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the show. I do appreciate that very, very much. And uh, spread the word around out there. You know, if anybody else may need help, uh, may need some assistance, uh, especially remote, or if it's a big, big project, uh, definitely I can come on site within any state within the uh, lower 48, uh, let's say. Um, also I don't love Hawaii. If you, anybody in Hawaii listening to this, I love your state. I wanted to move there. My wife said no because it's an island. So, But we will be back to visit Hawaii someday, I hope. All right, take care, everybody, and I will talk to you next time on Tips from the Server Room. Bye-bye for now. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, relax and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long.